Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive, and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. Night three of the Deep End Invitational, August 23rd, 2023, on a Wednesday. Adam Krautwurst, A.K. Slickster, he wants skin in the game. He is surrounded by it on the absolute highest level in fantasy football tonight. Wait till you see the lineup. And let's watch our and listen to our third draft in three nights. Incredible. Mike and Adam here. Let's go. It's the Deep End Invitational. I wanted to skin and I got the skin. I mean, what a what a room tonight. I mean, every room's tough, but this room is tough for all of the high stakes community all the other nights listen we have the high you know big name analysts the biggest named analysts in the world uh are in the are in the entire tournament but tonight Greminger and Schellenberg is even it's one team that's how big the names are right that's right but tonight you might not see a lot of people might not know a lot of the names but these are the high stakes gurus the guys who play for tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars every year all landed in my draft so uh I'm fired up, and I'm fired up about my first-round pick. And you landed in theirs, by the way. And I, and I uh, landed in theirs. We watched Josh Allen go 1-4 each of the first two nights, and I knew because you have the two-slot tonight, he was not going to make it to 1-4. Let's show the board and introduce everybody to our esteemed players, quarterbacks, mm-hmm. one through six. Well, Adam's on the board with Josh Allen at 102 after Jalen Hurts goes 101 to David Hubbard. Everybody pretty much, maybe, is this safe to say, serious in fantasy football in the high-stakes realm knows Dave, one of the most accomplished and well-respected players in the game. You, you might have seen him with Billy Musio on drafts here and there in streams. We ran into Dave in Vegas, sat next to him last year. He's tough. Two is – oh, it's you. That's right. Uh, oh. Co-host of the Deep End Podcast, former top five finisher in the main event. And all around great guy, flag football star. Aficionado. Even better. Three, Scott Connor, Dynasty and Chill, fantasy football expo panelist. Scott is tough. Sat next to Scott last year at the Bare Knuckle Challenge in Las Vegas, which is two weeks from tomorrow. Austin Martin in the 104, another beast in the Dynasty and high stakes space. This is already like a Royal Rumble. Dave, Adam, Scott, Connor, and Austin already. Let's uh, let's see the the group chat in this feed. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, it's just going to be fierce. <laughs> Scott and Austin do not hold back. Neither does Dave, actually. Adam is the one who holds back a little bit, I think, knowing That's him. Right. Five is Jack Miller, super sharp analyst for Establish the Run. Projections, also sports gambling. Really glad to have Jack. He was very humbled and appreciative of being invited. Glad to have ETR in the tournament. Uh, Michael Leone on tap for tomorrow. 106 is Joey Brown, seventh overall in the NFFC primetime tournament three years ago. Dare I say it, a devoted fan of the deep end. Yes. Eight, Jack Kolsch. That's the sixth. Did I jump ahead? That's 106. Seven is Jack Kolsheen, another very successful high-volume player. You may run into Jack at FFWC or really at all the sites. Second in the FFWC main last year. Funny how these groups have worked out. Listen, I mean, this is skin in the game, Adam. You didn't even know what you were lining, uh, signing up for tonight with so many. It's like you said it already, not content creator guys, but also, I mean, just instead, uh, serious players. Wow. Yeah. If, oh. if you could have said, if you could have said, hey, again, everyone in this tournament's great. That's why we put it together. It's the hardest single entry tournament in the world, I think. But if you said, hey, pick like 11 other guys that you don't want in your draft, it would have been all the high stakes guys. And <laughs> Chad Shorter is the greatest like fantasy football player to ever live. And there he is. Now, now granted, he's at 12. Stay down there, Chad. I'm going to see him all weekend. I'm going to be sitting right next to him in Kentucky. So right. enough of Chad Schroeder already. I haven't even gotten his name yet, but 108. I apologize in advance. I'm not sure how to pronounce Angelo's last name. Angelo Lilas. Uh, I mean, 2016 FFWC OC champion. Another guy with 
tons of chops. 109 is Mike Dempsey, the popular host of Football Diehards on Sirius XM. Like myself, finally I found sort of a kindred spirit here, works in real radio, hosting a midday show in Jacksonville. He's part of the Jaguars radio network. I'm in the Bills radio network family in WGR in Buffalo. Mike was one of my first contacts in fantasy. Glad to be a part of his Football Diehards Dynasty League. Really one of my favorite moments ever in Dynasty or in fantasy football is when I got the invite from Mike a few years ago. 10, John Scuderi, only the winner of this tournament last year when it was known as the Draft Sharks Invitational. 72 teams. It's too soon. That's too soon. John is very friendly. We met out in Vegas last year. He was always back and forth toward the end. He and I were like trading the top spot for a few weeks. He won. I got second. He deserved it. Still, sure. <laughs> 11 is Matt Schauf. Some of the brains in the Draft Sharks operation. Matt's a very sharp player, also known for his IDP acumen. Are we in the fourth round yet, by the way? I'm just looking at no, the No, mid, mid-second. Still mid-second. Oh, let's wrap this up. Chad Schroeder at 12, the 2021 Draft Sharks Invitational winner. Adam finished second. All this Draft Sharks business. Didn't they dump us? What am I doing? <laughs> oh, no. Shots fired. The only guy I've ever heard described as the best ever is Chad. It already happened tonight from Adam, and I wasn't even through the intros yet. Sorry. Okay, your thoughts on round one. Let us know uh, what's happened and what you're setting up for at the 211. Well, I wasn't going to plan on going quarterback here, even though I'm giving some stuff away, but I I don't care. I got Scott picking right in front of me. You know, he heard me say that. But um, (laughs) Richardson, I'm like, oh, can I get him just in Cody's face right now at the – at the two eleven, after he goes one uh one oh one last night, but I am uh, I am on the clock now. So you give your thoughts. Well, six receivers have gone, only one running back. Wow, I I think you're doing that. Oh yeah, I mean, I um, yes. and only one tight end. Also, quarterback wise, we're at thirteen. The first night, Monday through seven rounds, thirty two quarterbacks were taken, which left me in the dust. Last night through the same seven rounds, only 21. So could have been a reaction of the first night, but also I think most, I might be wrong, it's an opinion. Most of these top guys sort of try to get around the second quarterback. You know, you try to show that you don't need to rush to QB2. But then, like in everything in fantasy, it flips the other way. And if that's the room, then you want to do the other thing. So Adam takes Austin Eckler at 211, which is, I think, by far the latest he's gone in these three nights. C.D. Lamb and Bijan Robinson to Team 1, Dave Hubbard. Adam is up. Yeah, I'm going to go with, I think, the last receiver in my tier here. I'm going to go with... Garrett Wilson. <laughs> no, actually. Uh, I'm going to go with De- Devontae Adams. Love it. Sorry, that, that was wrong for me to blurt that out. I have that problem. You love Garrett Wilson. I do love, love, love Garrett Wilson, but I, I've, and this is not a draft where we're going to be like, oh, I need to get my shares of this player and that player. But I think I've been kind of coming around in Devontae Adams. I think I've, I've been too hard on the, I feel like over the last couple of, couple of weeks. So I think this is a draft where um, I really like Adams um, and it's time for me to c- come around him a little, a little bit. I'm happy to do it. Happy to go are, Adams, Eckler, Allen. Are you older than Devontae Adams? Um, yes, I am. Barely. So you can say young man. That's fine. That's right. Scott, right after you, goes Mahomes, Jones, Cousins. Three quarterbacks early. We saw Cody Carpentier last night in the one do the same thing, starting with Richardson. So three quarterbacks. I think probably on night one, somebody did that because there were so many quarterbacks going early. Not necessarily though. Um, How do you feel like your build red, green, yellow quarterback, running back, wide receiver will shape up here? Is that uh, ideal or just you're playing the room or what? Yeah, I think so the good thing about going Allen first, getting that alpha QB is now I'm flexible. If a guy like Richardson falls to me, who I would have loved to have taken there, I can take him or I can take you know, the RB2, right, that fell. Some people even have him as their RB1. I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen him ranked lower than RB3, question marks on injuries, health, age, fine, whatever. Like, I'm not going not, not to pass that up. 
Uh, and listen, I just went on Fantasy Mojo. It's I have the only team in the tournament right now that's got Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, <laughs> and Devontae Adams. So <laughs> I think I think I'm looking. Didn't this tournament start two days ago? Good. I'm looking. And aren't there like, only three leagues there. total? That's right. Um, well, congrats on your uniqueness. <laughs> that's right. Um, so no, it, I I like that. Of course, I would have I would have loved an Eckler Bijan start. But listen. You got to start th- three receivers. You can start up to six if you don't have two quarterbacks in this league. So I don't want to get b- too behind on receiver. So getting one with my first three picks here was um, key for me. And Jack putting on a clinic. I know we're not there yet, but Jack putting on a, a zero RB clinic over there at the seventh spot. Jefferson, Diggs, Garrett Wilson. I bet that's the only team with that lineup. I bet all these teams are the only teams with their lineup so far right. in uh, right. the deep end invitational. But Jefferson, Diggs, Garrett Wilson. Let's see some underdog, uh, you know, screen grabs of teams with those three guys on it. There won't be any. Yeah. Um, no, I get it. And I think, um, oh, man, I think somebody wanted Scuderi. I think wanted Diggs, but it got, he got two of there instead. There's no monitor in this draft, unfortunately. So there's nothing I can oh, do. Oh, no. But I, yeah, everybody's I, on their own here in the deep end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, no, there's no proctor. There's no, there's, there's no, there's no doctor proctor. Um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to do. And I love the build so, so, so far. What does John do? He picks Waddle at three ten. That's right. Go with Tua because with you know, I, didn't, I didn't want him, but I got him. Be, be like water. Go, go, go with the flow. Oh, I, sorry. We have, uh, we have Scott back. Are we bringing Scott in right now? Do it. I hope so. If he's, if do he's it. waiting. There he is. My man. There is Scott Connor. So Hi, Scott. What's up, buddy? Been a long time, long time. I know it's, it seems like it's just yesterday, but uh, looking forward to Kentucky. But uh, yeah, listening to what you guys are talking about this draft, very interesting compared to the last couple boards and the last couple drafts. Yeah, last two nights, I did not expect this many quarterbacks to go. Uh, but we'll see. I'm loving what I'm seeing right now. I strategically went with the three QBs for this exact reason. Forced to get all all the mid tier risky ones off the board. So that's what's happening right now. Goff, Geno, Rogers, Wilson. It, it has. It does seem like a long time. It was literally nine days ago. Actually, <laughs> we saw Scott on the panel at the expo, and um, you know, it was tough to hear in there. We wanted to stay and hang with you, but there were other guys too we didn't really know and want to listen to, and uh, it was just a tough room for that. But overall, the expo a success for you? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh... Listen, I'm an introvert at heart. You might not believe it if you've met me in person. But <laughs> generally, I, after a meeting, I don't know, hundreds of people that go, hey, how are you? And I go, I have no clue who you are. And then I ask what their Twitter handle is. And then I yeah. might have a clue. And a lot of people, I go, what's your Twitter handle? And they say it or they say what their Discord handle is. And I still don't know who they are. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, you know, cool. Thanks for thanks for introducing yourself or whatever. But yeah, it gets a little tiring, but it is what it is. Listen, I'm going to bother the heck out of you now in Kentucky and in Vegas. Listen, I feel like Scott, Scott's such a great, whenever you talk to Scott, you're getting great, a wealth of knowledge. And I don't get to talk to him much during the season because we're both grinding. But then like the month of August, it's the Expo, it's Kentucky, it's Las Vegas. It's um, a great time. And then we high five and I'm like, I'll see you in six months. <laughs> yeah, we'll catch up at the end of the season and uh, woe over the bad beats that we've had. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Derek Henry uh-huh. into round four tonight. Matt Schauf starts Watson, Cup, Geno, Henry. I think that's probably good value across the board. Even if he flips Watson and Cup, I think he's still pretty happy there. So Team 11, I think, looking good. We're at 407, 408 at this point. Jack Miller on the clock. There are three, six, eight, eight quarterbacks on these five teams from now Jack picks Devontae Smith, man, the value you see the quarterbacks go early in any super flex draft and the wide receivers just look so tasty running backs too. At this stage, uh, Scott is on deck after Austin and then Adam. And so, um, very exciting. Oh my gosh. Look at the, just the bill, the players, super flex drafts are so much fun. I see this every night. I pull up my cue and I'm like, I'm like, Oh, look at all the Devonta Smith, like late fourth round. Like, it's so, uh, it's so fun and so fun. To, oh, Austin, you know, I just, were you going to take Metcalf. Okay, Metcalf, Scott? 
I was not. No. Okay. That's, no, who would? Austin's so, so annoying. Um, he gets the Jackson Andrew stack, by the way. And then Scott gets Jones and Waller. Scott, are you like sort of buying all the Waller hype or is that more of a structural or a, you know, a stack fit for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm approaching this, I think, totally different than everybody else. I do not give a shit about players. I am literally going into this looking historically at wins above replacement and drafting my exact roster construction. I use a, a tool for all my drafts, uh, South Harmon Fantasy Football. We literally have a tool in best ball that tells you exactly how to roster construct. So I'm just following that to a T based on the board. Now, okay, we, we, we will see what my receivers and running backs end up looking like with going three quarterbacks and a tight end early. But uh, well, it's a no, push and that's, pull, that's, you know? I mean, that's cool. That's cool. And I, I love that, too, when you experiment with different, even if it's like different technology or whatnot. But a quick follow-up. Did you know that Darren Waller seems to be doing well? Did you know that, actually? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I don't follow players. What I'm saying is I'm looking at this from a structural perspective and going, all right, I already got Daniel Jones in round two, you know, like let's lean into Waller because it, if you're going to buy a little extra meat on the bone back at tight end, it's probably going to be by putting together a stack like this in a best ball confined tournament where there's no waivers. So it's, it's really just kind of following what if I wouldn't have got Daniel Jones, I wouldn't have taken Darren Waller. So there you go. It's not a Darren Waller pick. Which is so funny because I'm the exact opposite. All I care about right now are player takes. I'm just locked into yeah. best available player. And I love, that's why I love drafting next to you. Cause I know we're probably looking at it. Not, and that's not a, I'm going to beat you or you're going to beat me. We're looking at it probably in a totally different lens, which makes it very fun. And you're going to love what I'm about to do right here. Oh, can't wait. I am going to double stack my QBs with another tight end. Yes. Just force the room, force their hand. Yeah. You're like a wall right in front of me of quarterbacks and tight ends. And I don't even know like what to do. And I, in fact, Mike's so disgusted with it. He literally fell off the pot. Well, let me, let me share this with you, Adam, because the tool that I'm using basically says in best ball, it's really good with best ball because it'll tell you exactly how to roster construct. What it doesn't tell you is who the hell to pick. Right. Right. It right. tells you the ranges where you're getting like value above replacement or you're getting the right structure. It doesn't tell you what players fit into there, though. So I'm looking at this going, all right, optimally, it says I should, I should have 3.6 quarterbacks. Now, what does that mean? You can't have 3.6. It's either three or four. Right. So you have to have a little liberty in terms of, okay, did I take three in my first three picks? I'm probably going with the three QB build here. I'm not pushing it to four. Tight ends, it says I should have 3.4. Now, again, either three or four, but where I've invested in tight end, I'm probably not going four, right? So I, I'm looking at this as like, I've probably saved myself a couple extra spots. I'm going to make or break depending on which. Now I have to go player takes on right. running backs and receivers. You know what I mean? I'm going to have to be right on players the rest of the way to have a chance. And that's just the way that I'm structured. Oh, well, now, let, let me ask you real, real quick. So it's given you all these positions like, hey, take 3.4 tight ends, take 2.6 or whatever. So now you've taken two tight ends. You've taken two of maybe your top four tight ends. Are you yep. allowed to? Do you have the liberty to go outside of that and say, hey, listen, I have two studs, although they both have week 13 guys, but I have two studs. <laughs> um, well, I, I just noticed that as I was saying that. Do, were you still going to go three regardless of where you got your three? Yes, I will still, I will still okay. go on the low end of – so basically, instead of three or instead of four quarterbacks, I'll go three. Instead of four tight ends, I'll go three. So I'm basically saving myself an extra spot at each receiver and running back. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's very predictable what I'm going to do the rest of the way. But I don't think it takes a tool for you to look at my team and go, Scott's probably hitting receivers and running backs the rest of the way. Right. Like you can see that the room can see that it's not right. a mystery. So right. now, now it'll be interesting. Um, what do we got? How how many quarterbacks is that off the board with Stafford? Uh, what is that? 20, 23. 23. Yeah. Interesting how Tool has multiple connotations, by the way. You know? <laughs> is Tool I, is Tool I'm, good or bad? I, I, Mike, I'm just interested in I, I looked at the last couple boards the last couple nights. I was shocked with how many teams only took two quarterbacks. There were quite a few teams that only took two. I mean, I, I, a I, lot of teams took three, but there were a couple teams where 
And their QB two was like a Purdy or a Stafford or a Love, you know what I mean? And they stopped. Like I, I just don't see that as optimal. But it's very interesting how multiple teams have done it. By the end, even by the end. Well, it's twenty rounds instead of twenty five, and anybody yep. sort of used to this format might have been ready to pick the Aiden O'Connells or the Kyle Trasks, which I ended up doing in an emergency the first night because there were, I mean, every starting quarterback was off the board by round seven and I only had Justin Herbert. So I felt like the only chance I had was to avoid that. So you don't mean me. I ended up with five, I think. Or no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't you. It's just, I, I mean, Adam, what are your thoughts seeing a, I mean, if you truly do a projection, range of outcomes projection on a guy like Matt Stafford versus some of the receivers and running backs still on the board. I mean, we're talking three, four, five points per game difference in this scoring format. Yet, you know, we're seeing the guys like Stafford and Howell and Purdy go in round five. I mean, that kind of kind of feels like you're you're having to keep up with the Joneses, but we'll see what the end structure looks like with the team like Johns with with Tua and Stafford. We'll we'll see how the, if he ends up taking another QB because we're getting close to the point where there's only a couple left that you even can project to start the whole year. Yeah, I think people are used to too like when they do when they think superflex in in volume or what they've done, they think underdog, right? And they think, well, mm-hmm. but the underdogs are, are those superflex shifts? Are those twenty rounds or are those eighteen? Eighteen. Uh, yeah, they're the same. They're, they're the all same. 18. Okay, so they're thinking that one. You kind of can get away with two. You almost have to do two. It's two quarterbacks and three tight ends, or vice versa. Whereas here, you got the you have the two extra rounds here to give you that opportunity to get that third QB. And I think what a lot of it is too, Scott, is you get in these drafts like even right right now. I don't know who Dempsey, Jack, and Lelis are going to draft here, but you go like, do I take a quarterback or do I take, you know, there's so, I'm not going to name players on the board, but there's right. so many great like third round picks, fourth round picks that you normally see. Like, my God, am I going to take this quarterback that's, you know, a bottom five QB in the league over one of these studs? I think they just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And, uh, and then they end up, that's, that's what ends up happening. And they it's, end up- it's a, it's a great question that we all face in all these drafts, you know, like what do you do at the bottom when it comes to quarterback? And, and some of that is trying to evaluate how sturdy their position is. And this year with the rookies, Richardson, Stroud, Young, like, I feel like they're all going to play the whole year. So that's different that you have rookies who are sort of like, there's no quarterback controversy or sort of competition in the league at all this year if there was one it was tampa and that ended today officially and we don't know what arizona's doing so you don't have very you don't have those teams in flux i wonder if anybody will draft trey lance tonight i mean another down arrow for lance today with the announcement in san francisco but maybe it sort of you know increases the chances of movement by the the beginning of the season and that's what anybody who's holding lance scott in dynasty has been dying for just like Put them somewhere else where there might be a, a path. Yeah, I think the other thing that's different between this and underdog is, I mean, this is a 48-team tournament. If you're an underdog and you're trying to beat thousands of other teams, you probably don't want to play it safe up to the margins of what your roster construction should be. If you take two QBs and you draft your first two players, our quarterbacks, you have to beat, what, seven, eight, nine thousand 9,000 teams, even some of those smaller underdog tournaments. So in that case, you're not going to play it safe, right? You're going to go, all right, I drafted Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson. Maybe I want three tight ends, but I'm just not going to bother because I'm shooting for the 1% outcome anyway. You know what I mean? Like here, yeah, sure, it's a tournament. You still got to beat multiple teams, multiple leagues, but it's not. You know, Adam, would your strategy here change if there were 200 of these leagues? Wouldn't you maybe go a little more extreme in some capacity? Yeah, I would go a little more extreme. I mean, I think it's easy to go extreme too. You're, you're on the clock, Scott. I think it's easier to go a little bit more extreme when, with the way that you can build it. I mean, you can start six receivers. You can start, you know, two quarterbacks. You can start five running back. Like, there's so many different ways. You can start three or four. I don't know exactly off the top of my head the math. Tight ends. Like, you can literally do so many things that make sense. Um, that I think it's it's easy to go extreme. It's fun to go extreme. I mean, you're, you're, you're going extreme here, you know, with it, with zero, you know, running backs or receivers through five, through five rounds. So that, I think that is like such a key point that for all the podcasts I listen to sometimes gets lost, like take Brees Hall right now. And is he off the board? Uh, I don't know. 
Nope, he's still there. Well, he's Adams if he wants them. It's all perspective. It's not about this draft. Just want to say, like, he's somebody for me that. So you have like Pat Corain and other people who are always like sort of high on Brees Hall, and there's a counterpoint, and then Dalvin Cook signs, and so you hear sort of this like it's a like a right cross against Brees Hall, but maybe Pat and other people who've been drafting him are thinking like, well, no, it's the format. Like I'm playing against a half a million teams literally or more and it's about playoff weeks and that stuff sort of gets lost it's a it's the meld of the player take and then the format and the format can sometimes be pretty granular and not everybody really can follow that so you're a content creator you want to just talk about players that's clicks it gets very Mm -hmm. it gets very convoluted agree yeah no for sure for sure and 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 that's why i I tried my best this year as i'm coming through here to just and I was joking with Scott about I all I care about is player takes. I'm just trying to lock into like the best pick for each spot. And it's it's so much harder. I feel like it's perplex. Like here I am looking at like what I want to do and maybe what I should do because you know how of how late it is in the in the draft. And it's just I mean, I think we're at a point now where you know teams are looking at they only have two QBs. If they want a third, you're talking about what three or four left? And they're gross as hell, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you're sitting there looking at Mac Jones or Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I'm not taking them, so I don't mind talking about them because I mean you're picking here. So, you know, after this, we'll see. I bet you a couple more of those guys go after you pick. I miss the days of writing Adam's pick. I'm going to do it right now, even though you know you might, <laughs> I might get accused of looking, but I'm not worried about. It. I'm going to write down who I think Adam's pick is. <laughs> Has it been made yet? It's not right. Uh, yes, but it's not. It's not going to be right. Oh, you're right. No, your pick is better. <laughs> I'll save that you, for later. Who was it gonna be, Mike? I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. As soon as he comes up, I'll show. Yeah, you. that's right. That's right. Adam I mean, knows I would, who I wrote down. I think. I would hope he doesn't. I, th- I would hope he goes before we pick again. If it was, if you were thinking Adam was gonna pick um, him, we got one. It's possible. It's super flex. You know, yeah, yeah. You never know. Wait, this is super flex. <laughs> that's right. Is this what? <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, I see. Matt Schaff is ready to go. That's right. He's ready. All right, Scott. Where well, can uh, we find you, buddy? Where other than Kentucky and and in Vegas? Well, yeah, obviously there. If you're out there, give a shout. I'm going to try to make some content, but all my content is going to be at Destination Debbie this year, uh, and Dynasty Trades in Five. It's getting consolidated between those two spots, uh, but there'll be some high stakes mixed in there. I want to give a shout out to Jay Reed. Yes. Drafted on Monday night. He was in the 12 spot. I told him as soon as he got that 12 spot, that's going to suck. It's going to be the <laughs> shittiest spot. And it's I think he best. made it work. It's the best. It, I think it's the best, actually. Yeah, he, he made it work okay. I think the team, uh, Chad Schroeder's team and his look very similar from what I can remember. So just a shout out to Jay. Uh, Mike, Adam, thanks for having me on. Uh, I will see you guys in, if not Kentucky, I'll see you in Vegas. Yes, sir. Jay, Chad, Dwayne McFarlane, nobody in the 12 knows what they're doing when it comes to fantasy drafts. No. Uh, nope. But that's where I did well last year. So I, I like the 12 in, in these sort of formats. Thank you, Scott. Good luck. Thanks, Scott. See you guys. Oh, yeah. Matthew. Hey, guys. Matt is with us. Up, buddy? Nice oh, to be back baby. with you. Nice to be back with you. Thanks for coming on. Sorry we're a little bit late. You know, but we I, it's we get so excited to talk to all about all these. Yeah, hey, I'm just sitting here drafting and listening anyway. That's right. That's you right. You got your water? I did. I was a little <laughs> parched, so I realized that there was a chance for me to fix that. Watson at QB nine at one eleven. Was there any other consideration there? Were you hoping for him or hoping to start quarterback? What happened at the top? I, I didn't head in with a hope. I don't like to head in with hopes because then it, it kind of it has the chance to send me scattering if I don't get what I hope for I don't have as much separation between Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott as my pal Jared Smola does but once I got there I was like yeah I can I guess I can see the higher ceiling for Deshaun Watson based on what he used to be I have no idea how close he can get back to that but you know we'll see I guess and then cup and you're up here so Adam yeah. Uh, Cup as wide receiver four after Chad goes Chase Hill. I mean, I think Cup is easily worth wide receiver four. We've been drafting a lot in other formats too. Like, he always seems like a win for me at wide receiver four. Yeah. Healthy, healthy Cooper Cup is, could be wide receiver one. So it's, it's, it's a really, it's always nice. Uh, and now he's back from, you know, did he come back to practice today or tomorrow? He's back. 
Yeah, yeah he's good. The hamstring. You know the 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 bright side to a hamstring injury is you you normally can't tear your ACL when you're chilling on the sidelines with a hamstring injury. So you know a little baby <laughs> hamstring injury. Take the summer <laughs> off, and we'll see you week one, nice and nice and healthy. But. And you know, I, I've been getting plenty of questions over the past few days. Like, should I feel okay about Cooper Cup? Am I worried about his hamstring injury? Stefania Bell said, I'm not worried about him because he takes care of himself as well as anybody. Maybe it's a slightly more risk, but I'm still drafting him in round one. If she's not worried about his hamstring, I feel good about it. I saw another doctor whose name is escaping my mind right now, but the medical people are saying, nah, not particularly worried. It's a slightly higher risk, but not really something that we need to uh, worry too much about. Matt is up here. I know uh, I listened to Stefania Bell on the ETR podcast, so uh, I heard that as well. Like, he just trains on a different level. And I feel like that doctor was John Cocktoasting. So I also <laughs> heard that. Uh, Matt takes Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray. That's well done, Matt. I, I like picking 11 in any draft versus 12. Even 10 is more interesting. You're playing against who's behind you. They have their quarterbacks. You know, who do I take first? I think that's maybe an underrated element of draft strategy is sort of as far as you are to the outside, but not on the very end. At the very end, you're kind of just on your own. But 11 and 10 or 2 and 3, Adam's at 2 and I, I think that that's a really interesting part of this. Yeah, I even like being all the way at the end, honestly, in, in most drafts. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I don't mind. I like being at the front end. I've been at the back end. So, so, so much here, but Matt, you know, the, the draft sharks war room was screaming. I almost did the Murray Brown at, when I went Pitts locket, uh, the war room was screaming at me. Does it take, does the draft sharks war room, uh, take into account and, and you may have changed the name. So I apologize if, if it's got a new, nope. a new name, but, um, uh, does it take into account ADP and stuff when it's, when it's calculating all its, all its projections and stuff? It does take ADP into account. So, and it not only that, it, it takes different ADPs. So, it's not using Yahoo 12 team ADP for FFPC drafts. It's pulling in FFPC ADP. So, it knows when guys are going to likely come off the board in FFPC drafts. I don't know how much that's going to help me tonight in this format that nobody else is playing. But in general, in the FFPC draft, it certainly factors in. So, you know, if a guy is up next in our rankings, but he's not likely to go for another three rounds, which does happen, especially when you get into this range of drafts. It, it might suppress that player because it knows that you can come back around next time and likely still get him. Matt, so as Adam comes up on being up here at the end of round eight, you have a couple of interesting teams here. We talked to Scott Connor at team three through seven rounds. He does not have a receiver yet. <laughs> team seven, Jack Colsheen through eight rounds, doesn't have a running back or a tight end yet, who's better off? Uh, It's too early to tell. I mean, that's what I like about a draft. I I don't, I'm not one who makes a plan going in saying, all right, I'm going to get a wide receiver in round one. I'm going to get a running back in round two. And then by the end of round five, I'm going to have three wide receivers. I like to adjust. And especially when we're talking about a format like this, that has lots of different ways you can attack it or lots of different ways you can screw it up. I mean, it's it's too early to say, because you can start it a certain way. And then there's a way to play it from there that does it right and there's a way to play it from there that does it wrong so I guess we'll see how they treat it I would certainly rather be the one that doesn't have a running back at this point me than too the one that doesn't have a wide receiver that said I have three running backs and two wide receivers so I guess I'm closer to that one yeah that's right I would I think what I've learned this summer but again it varies by format is that wide receiver is where it's hard to catch up and Jack at team seven has six I'm not sure how many more he needs in 20 rounds, but um, the running backs coming up here for me are just juicy. And you've got like rounds nine or 10 through 13 or 14, even with the fluctuation in terms of recent news, uh, injuries, you know, I mean, Kendra Miller went from he's out until past the opener to he's back on the field by the next preseason game. There's just a lot of variance in that. And I like that at running back. That's where I want to take advantage. So um, very interesting to see the different builds as it always is in the deep end invitational. And my draft with the three running backs among the first six picks, you know, we're talking about super flex. So everybody's pushed down a little bit besides quarterbacks. That's abnormal from how I've been drafting. I wouldn't normally go for those three running backs, but we are playing best ball format. So obviously I can have all those guys in the lineup with the two flexes. I don't have to decide when to play them. And of course it's the specific players. I mean, Derek Henry made it to me. 
after how many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six. It's RB seven, I think. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor was RB nine getting wow. to me. So it's not that I'm taking a running back there. It's all right. I'll take a shot on Jonathan Taylor because if he's anything close to Jonathan Taylor, he's a great value at RB nine. I like Joe Mixon's situation, so I'll take a shot on him. And I figure at that point too, there probably aren't many teams that are going to have three RB one level running backs on their team. So it's differentiating me from the other rosters. The thing that you have to do in, especially a tournament with kind of a different variation in the format, but tournaments in general is you usually have to do something that makes you uncomfortable if you're trying to beat a large field or win, you know, this different format that just makes it so not everybody can have a good team. You got to do something that makes you uncomfortable. Um, And, you know, we were talking about if you start with all those running backs or if you start with all those wide receivers, at some point, if you did start with all those backs, you're going to have to just start piling up wide receivers that you don't like and then just, you know, benefit from their good weeks. Or if you're waiting on running back, then you're taking a whole bunch of backups or, you know, passing down backs and then just crossing your fingers that things break right for you. Adam goes, Gabe Davis to stack with Allen and then Zay Flowers in nine before you pick Davis, which I'm confident you were ready to do. Uh, Scott Connor at the 810 picked Mike Evans. Hall of Famer Mike uh, Evans. Maybe, maybe was somebody in play he, for he's you. A he is a signature pick of mine in this in this tournament. I almost took Gabe Davis over Tyler Lockett in the seventh, but I'm like, I think Lockett you know, his, and Matt can, I think Matt's a big locket guy can, you know, without JSN who just goes as wide receiver. There he goes. Yep. Been um, waiting. Without him for maybe the first month of the season, it's just going to be awesome. I think so. I'll take that. Um, and then I think we'll be fine the rest of the year too. And then for Gabe Davis to come back. Cause you never know, like these are just big tiers of, of, of receivers. You never know who's going to take what now I have, I have Josh Allen. So maybe that helped him get to me. But um, to be able to get Gabe Davis wide receiver 37, which is, I think, right where he belongs, best ball. He's a, he's a much better best ball player. Uh, I was happy to do that. And then it came back around. I would have considered Rashad White. Um, but uh, I, And then I was – so I was really struggling between – I think I needed more receivers between Zay and JSN. But um, if, if I had Geno, I definitely would have gone JSN. Uh, but I went with Zay, you know, because he'll be there for the first month. And he'll probably – he could uh, even outscore him. Uh, the rest of the season when he gets back. Matt, where are you on Zay, Zay Flowers versus Smith and Jigba? Even just like points per game, like when JSN gets it's back. I mean, I got to go Zay Flowers there because he's the one who can become his team's number one wide receiver without yeah. anybody else getting hurt. Jackson Smith and Jigba is very good. And I, I started out like, ah, there's no way this guy gets enough to really score for us in fantasy this year. You guys are all overrating him. And then I see all the highlights and all the buzz. And it's like, ah, maybe I'm a little bit too low on him. But he's still... I can't see him just blowing past Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf this season. I can see Zay Flowers being the lead wide receiver for Baltimore. And I expect Baltimore to throw the ball a lot more this year than what we've seen in the past. So I'm taking Zay Flowers there. Um, and I, I guess maybe I'm trying to bring myself up a little bit on JSN. You're up and I'm writing things down. <laughs> so yeah, how they- about this, by the way? So two years ago, Week 17, 51-29, Seattle, Detroit. Amon Ra, Rashad Penny, it all busted loose. Last year, early in the season, no, I'm wrong again. Uh, last year, in the, early in the season, Seattle and Detroit played another shootout game. Week two this year is Seattle at Detroit. And I feel like that should be on in prime time. Probably the Giants are, or the Bears, or the Titans, or some team that the most, you know, most of the country just can't stand. But Seattle, Detroit, week two, one o'clock. That should be a fun one. For sure. I agree. I mean, come on. There's so many similarities there. Um, and who would have thought even a year ago? None of us like Jared Goff or Geno Smith a year ago at this exactly. time. And now all of a sudden it's like, ooh, Lions, Seahawks. That's the point. Each of these two examples were both like, who wants to watch this game? I mean, when has there ever been an interesting football game between the Lions and the Seahawks? And then week 17 happens and that. 2021 season then last year early 48 45 and now uh i'm excited for week two seattle detroit i never thought i'd say it well you said it you matt said it. takes mac jones at 1002 four quarterbacks you're done there yeah 
And that was, I, I thought about not because I don't really need it with a third. Maybe if my third was not Kyler Murray and was somebody healthier, or certainly if I had taken him any earlier, then I would have passed. But I mean, I, I think for Superflex, Mac, Mac Jones is underrated. Uh, he's going to start all year. I know there are some who have been wondering if Bailey Zappi would take over, but uh, that's not happening unless Mac Jones really is terrible this year. So I think in a format where we just want starting quarterbacks, so he's like, there's no reason for him to be three, four rounds later than Ryan Tannehill. Right, right, right. for sure. And I, I was I was actually just looking at my board like, man, Mac Jones is there. I mean, I, sure. And then, of course, I'm glad that you're drafting at 11 and I'm at two because uh, I think we're on the same page here. One other factor, too, with Mac Jones, it, when you get into, you know, best ball tournaments where he can be a QB three, even in one quarterback or especially in super flex, very easy to stack Patriots with them because not that there's anybody exciting. Um, but plenty of wide receivers and multiple tight ends around in the late rounds. Hunter Henry has been somebody that I've been targeting ever since best ball season started because he's been going way too late. Um, so I like to the point where I don't even care that I said that in case anybody's listening, because he's still <laughs> going to go later than he should in this draft. Who has a better fantasy season, Demario Douglas or Devonte Parker <laughs> or Tyquan Thornton? Doesn't matter. I, I would put Tyquan Thornton last among that group. Among I hate any to say group, it, but I have to now. The, That's the right. Patriots. Oh, Johnston, Jack, always sniping me. That, that guy. I had Matt on Quentin Johnston. I feel like I'm playing match game every year when Matt's on the uh, deep end invitational or the broadcast. I want to just sort of play that game. And here's my prediction: I want to be able to bet on draft picks, <laughs> and that is still not in this amazing techno world. You still can't do that, but. Be really fun to be able to bet on other people's draft. Picks. It can't be far off with the, how many streams are on. There right, went. right. I, I would have thought Joey Brown would have gone Quentin Johnson with the Herbert and only having three, three receivers. But oh, well, getting, wait till he hears that. He's, he's the one guy in this draft that you know is listening and watching. So uh, <laughs> uh, we will hear from Joey. That's right. Oh, what do I do here, guys? This is the fun thing about the two. Is I, I think Hubbard. I think Hubbard wants a tight end. I got you I, here. But I, I really want this guy. I can't guy. say it. I can't say it. I'm going to go Dalton Kincaid because as much oh, as – Oh, I love that. To go with the stack here. Um, but he needs a tight end, so I didn't, I didn't want to push it. Now let's hope he doesn't take my guy. I love that pick. Matt, what do you think? I, I'm okay with it there. I think it's better because yeah. it's a stack with Josh Allen. I think Dalton Kincaid. I think we're all oh! disappointed with his ADP. I want I was, Elijah Moore is a guy I really want. Oh, my God. Hubbard, get, get in the chat here. Were you, were you going to take Kincaid if I passed yes. on him? You uh, should have. Gross. I mean, Elijah Moore is probably the guy I should have taken over Mac Jones to go with Deshaun Watson on my team at my last turn. I guess I'll settle for Traylon Burks. Or should I go bait? Uh, hold on. I sound like the pod father last night. Hold on. Uh, I think I got to go. I got I got, I got to go Bateman to go with, uh, to go with my guy. Um, Zay? Zay, to go a little stack there. But player for player, Matt, I, you know, I, feel, I miss you, Matt. I told Jared I missed him last night. I, I feel so sad that I don't know everything you're thinking right now. Bateman versus, um, and I, oh, actually, I should probably, I should probably wait until he's picked. But as soon as he, I get, I'm going to ask you. Uh, All right. Bateman versus this other, this other player. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I I'll say of, Bateman. That's right. How were you on Bateman, Matt? I mean, you think I mean Zay Flowers has a chance to be the one. Uh, were you on Bateman before, like him not playing for like a month? I'd feel a whole lot better about Bateman if he didn't spend most of this year sidelined with the foot injury from last September. Right. So uh, I, I, it's tough for me to get in touch with my feelings on Bateman because I would be excited about the player if I didn't have to worry about the foot. The fact that it, it delayed him so much in this camp from early last season, though makes me wary of trusting it into this year, especially with a new guy who is exciting. So that, that was it. Bateman versus Traylon Burks. Because Burks was the guy I was going to take. And then I saw Bateman there to go with the stack for best ball. Bateman or, or Burks? I, I, it would have been easily Burks before the knee injury. I think it's still Burks. Sure, right. I, I wanted Traylon Burks to be our breakout player for draft sharks. Yeah. And then they signed DeAndre Hopkins. He probably would have been the breakout player if they hadn't signed DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I, I still think there is a chance for him to outscore Hopkins this season. The knee injury obviously makes it a lot harder to actually like, you know, 
see the reality in that, but I think there's tremendous upside in Burks. He was really trending great before yes. um, hurting his knee in practice. I mean, it definitely that, would have been Burks over Bateman, but Burks would have been gone, you know, probably three rounds ago if if he wasn't hurt. Go ahead. He Mike. probably would have been the guy I took if I didn't take Mac Jones last turn, trail on yeah, Burks. There you go. Not only because it's my partner here, but uh, I want to strongly advocate for Bateman in that uh, comparison. I'm not sure you're allowed to have a year two breakout when you're in year three. But <laughs> Bateman is kind of like he's not even really gotten off the ground yet. I think he is fully healthy right now. They slow played it. He's a better prospect. Matt will know more about prospects than I do. He may push back on that. But Burks was this uneven sort of no strong consensus on him as a prospect. Bateman was very smooth out of Minnesota, and every arrow is pointed up on Baltimore's passing offense. I think he's the number one there. If he's at worst, well, I mean, if I can exclude Andrews, but maybe that's wrong to do. Uh, I, I think Bateman at whatever ADP is, like 96 or something or other, he is like my favorite draft in any draft. Like He's my favorite pick in any draft. I think Bateman is like very... Uh, High upside, everything, but I mean, of course, injuries make people scared, and that's why I like him more. I just feel like we live in a world too. I'll go ahead. I'll talk, Matt, because I know you're picking that. Like, if we don't see like Twitter highlights of a player, like we just kind of like, oh, he's not playing well, or he's not doing. Even I'm like the same way because when we see good ones, like Zay, you know, this wasn't Twitter, but Zay scores last night or two nights ago, whatever it was, and that and that uh, that game, and it's like, oh, you know, when you're seeing players pop. Uh, or seeing players playing poorly, you know, that, that that's in your mind immediately. Whereas like Bateman, we haven't even seen him do anything, so we don't know exactly how he's doing. But um, I kind of I've always been a, ba- a Bateman guy, and I can't I can't I can't quit him. Plus, the Burks injury can make you nervous for where he fits in this year, and plus the offense. I mean, he's got less competition for targets, that's for sure, in Tennessee if he's on the field. So um, I like Burks fine, but. The other factor that makes me a little bit nervous about Bateman is that last year before the injury, he still wasn't running like a number one for Baltimore. He was their lead receiver, but he wasn't an on the field all the time receiver, despite being there with Devin Duvernay and uh, James Prochet and guys that I'm trying to actively forget. Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. So if he had been, if he had gotten gone through three games as their, clear number one and a guy that they obviously wanted on the field all the time, then I'd be a little bit more inclined to say, eh, foot aside, we'll take on the risk and take a shot on him now. But there was that, there was the foot. Then they drafted Zay Flowers in the first round and they signed Odell Beckham for big money. So just all of that tells me they don't think of Rashad Bateman as number one receiver. They like him, but he's one of the guys that they're going to be throwing the ball to. There. Yeah, and I've got two of them, so I'm happy with that. And that was again, that was that was this whole stack point. I like, do want pieces of the Baltimore pass offense, so sure. I'm not against drafting any of yeah. them. Just to be clear, yeah. Adam has all the pieces, pretty That's much, right. except Andrews, who went in uh, the third round to Austin Martin. Yeah. Well, it's a fun tournament, and you know, when you're playing in a free roll, you're that much more freed up to sort of do what you wanted to do secretly and all the other drafts you're playing in you know let me try this this is a tournament where you can actually operate uh that way so um it's kind of cool to see the very best players in the game or some of them uh kind of be unhinged i'm not playing for two thousand dollars tonight or even reputation doesn't seem to be that relevant or that serious when it comes to this tournament uh dare i say it adam no offense so uh let it out i say let it out Listen, that's why I, I'm a I'm on pro, uh, you know, re- re- relegation for the bottom four. Like, listen, relegation. You the bottom four this yeah. tournament. Let's That'll bring them back. Guys, That'll okay? bring them back. Here, I'll write the same email I wrote this year, but at the end, it'll be like, if you lose, you're out. Sorry. I mean, we'll tell everybody that we'll tweet about it. You know, you failed at this. No, you can't do that because I mean, that's not a serious suggestion. I know, but you can't do that because everything in this is about winning first. I mean, right. you're you're definitely drafting differently than if you were, you know, if cashing were relevant or relegation or if you had to, you know, go to on a date with a teddy bear, if you finished last or something like that. I mean, uh, what are the stakes? What are the consequences? And then you play it all out. Kadarius Tony, by the way, Matt, at 1202, high upside, 
are you sort of like pushing for him or will you just take him because he's there? Like what's your attitude? No, I, I wanted Odell Beckham. I was annoyed that Chad took Beckham because I thought I, I would get him and I don't like Tony. I don't believe in him. I don't trust him, but at wide receiver 53, it's like, all right, I'll take a shot and see what happens. And even if he doesn't do anything from here, then it's not killing my team. Probably. Who will be the chiefs leading receiver? Among the wideouts, I would bet on Sky Moore leading in fantasy points. Yeah. But its I don't think anybody's going to be the Chiefs wide receiver that you had to have, and I think they showed us that last year. They don't want right. it to be like that in the wake of Tyreek Hill. They're building it to not be that. Um, so I think in general, we as drafters kind of overrate the need to find the guy in Kansas City when Kansas City's telling us, uh, we don't have a the guy. We have Travis Kelsey. And we have a band of dudes that are talented. We'll throw the ball to when we need to. Agreed. That's why they're great for best ball. You don't have to pick who it is. They, it sucks for, I agree. Sky Moore, I think is the guy, but I, which is who I might've taken over Kincaid. He got, I got sniped right in front of me, but um, I, I oh, great pick. Jacoby Myers, Joey Brown, great pick. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, they're a great for best ball, but you know, they're just rolling five or six guys in there and just, they all have their own little role and, you know, good for them, bad for fantasy people. Owners. I would pick someone else. Sorry. Um, because I think, you know, a great chess player sort of establishes what they're u- usually doing. And then the next year or the next game, they do something different. Um, but I feel like we shouldn't talk about it. You're talking about me right, right, right now? Well, Sometimes I talk about you like this, but no, not in this case. I'm not talking about you this time. For once, I'm not. I thought you were talking about the Chiefs using their wide receivers. <laughs> I was. I Me was. Too. That's right. So listen, I'm taking a guy. I can't answer my own question yet. I'm taking a guy right now. This is a flag plant guy of mine. Ooh. A guy whose quarterback told his brother to draft him for fantasy football. And his name's Juwan Johnson. Okay. <laughs> Did you get it? No. I wrote, I wrote down Mike Evans, Gene. Mike Evans is gone, unfortunately. So I like Jawan Johnson. I feel like, what's the problem? What's the downside? Like, what what is the counter argument? I feel like they have seven tight ends. The Maybe counter that's the argument, right argument, but the counter argument is I have two running backs. That's you're just trying point. to beat Chad. That's, that's what you're doing. Argument. You're trying to take a tight end away from him because you know he didn't have one yet, and he well, goes the, boom, boom on you. No Hubbard, you mean? Yeah, Hubbard. Oh Hubbard, exactly. right? Yeah, no. That we're well, trying that, to beat him too. That's always that, that's always fun. But then uh, the counter argument is I only have Eckler and Gibbs at running back, and so I should have taken a running back. But I'm going to take one now. So I think I know who you're taking. Uh, you do? Yep. Me too. I, I know I'm wrong, but um, let's go. What a bit! The paper and the pen and the whole thing. Very uh, 1980s. Such a good bit. Such a good bit. Stop the it's gotten us this far. Stop the press. <laughs> so no, far. I'm wrong again. So Gainwell's fine. fine. I mean, what what is the deal there? How many points a week? Gainwell? Yeah. RB for 41. I mean, I don't know. He's what if they cut Penny? What are we doing here? They might Why would what they if cut he, Penny? What if he's better than better than Penny? What if? He's not. What Penny is like the best running back almost in the world based on like his performance in games. He gets hurt a lot. Sure. First round pick. I love Penny for them, but if he, get, he goes down. There he is. Rashi Rice is my answer to the Chiefs' question. He was in, he, Who he picked was Rashi Rice, 1304? Who is that guy? Is that uh, Austin? Of course it is. Of course That's the is. right answer. That's the Chiefs' answer. Why? Why is it Rashi Rice over Sky Moore? Well, Moore was pretty much terrible in the league already as a rookie, and they drafted Rice. That's the second round, isn't it? Yes. So there's, no, there's, there's an open space. Juju is gone. And I feel like, again, the chess sort of analogy is the Chiefs think, make you think that there's no sort of consistent, Hardman is gone, there's no consistent answer at wide receiver. And I think the door is open for Rice. I wouldn't bet on him in DFS in the first four or five weeks, but I like him a lot down the stretch to be sort of the man. If he's good, there's definitely potential for that. And more is the same thing, but more has failed in the league, if I may. And Rice has not yet. And they drafted him with the knowledge that Moore had the rookie season he had. So that's why. Sure. It's the same round, though, where they picked 
Sky Moore. They picked Nicole Hardman in the same round. Um, Sky Moore was a better prospect. He did better on uh, yep. market shares. He tested better. And he came from a directional Michigan. So I think it's reasonable that he took a little bit to get going in the NFL. For the Among the Chiefs, he was behind only Travis Kelsey and Kadarius Toney in targets per route last year. So I, I know that in general, we don't want to bet on guys who had a rough first year because it obviously makes them less likely to break out going forward. And if he were going inside the top 40, I'd say, all right, you guys, you need to calm down on, on Sky Moore. But I think getting some experience in the system, which has been difficult for wide receivers to learn at times, there have been some other sluggish starts to wide receiver careers under Andy Reid. It's reasonable if he did just take a little bit to get going. Um, and, you know, that combined with, I just think Sky Moore is probably more talented than Rashi Rice. That makes me want to bet on him this year versus Rashi Rice first year. But I'm also not, I'm not arm wrestling over this one. Like I said, mm. I think we're all probably a little bit too interested in Chiefs receiver rather than taking the team at face value and saying all these guys are just going to be mixed in. It's going to be a committee. Right. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. The last thing you just said, I'm only on more because um, I think that there's a just the second year breakout receiver thing. It's just it's it is a thing. It used to be third. Now it's second and a little bit of third. So just kind of to take a shot on him and uh, see what happens, you know, so. Um, but I think you can take both. That's a thing. Why? Why? You know, why? <laughs> especially in best ball. Stack them up. You stack them up. That's, that's right. Matt. If not sooner, I hope we see you again for the playoff challenge drafts. That's been the highlight of my year in fantasy every year is drafting those playoff teams and strategizing with yourself and Jared and Adam. And so I hope we do that again. If we end up, you know, each winning a weekly winners or something like that, and then we want to have a, sort of a cocktail to celebrate, that's fine too. Uh, but um, I'm hopeful that we'll keep that playoff tradition alive. I agree. It's it's one of the most fun shows planning sessions like weeks of thinking about fantasy for me every year and certainly i've very much enjoyed um spending time with you guys talking it through both you know on our show and just outside of the show and we're planning what we're going to do and, and figuring out how to build these lineups so i appreciate you guys having me on all the time i always like talking to you guys and hanging out matt, we'll, you, see matt. You at, we'll see you at a grease cobras event coming up here soon or what? probably <laughs> i love it thanks man right. right, right, thanks buddy at shelf ds what are the grease cobras oh travel to travel soccer youth travel soccer do i have a jersey no, I, I can get you one i i either i can get you one or i got i got place i got a place one. oh regals the regals i need a regals jersey i've been to a i've been to a match a game what jersey swap you got the jim otto uh autograph back we, we got rick Booten tootin back here you haven't said one thing you're wearing your josh allen jersey that's fine that's cool that's the bills we got rick Booten tootin gamer from 1990 big time gamer big time gamer no um, it's a it means it's a game worn oh look at you you got all the good the cool stuff over there he was the 90 bills punter super bowl 25 rest in peace rick tootin oh Rest in peace. Who was the long snapper? Adam Lingner. Yes, I knew you'd know that. I only know it because he's my first name, and I was like nine years old, and I loved him. Number 63. That's right. Um, any interesting builds here, Mike? I know we've been locked into no, none. the guests. No interesting builds. <laughs> Not at all. I Jack love every one of these. I mean, I have to sit with them and sort of process it, but. You know, uh, Cole Sheen, right? Seven, yeah. waited yeah. on running backs, then pounded it. And then sort of Scott Connor is the inverse. Yeah. Waiting on receiver and doing that. And, you know, anything can work. I mean, I like I like being different. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're all, they're all super cool. These are the very best players in the game. Chad, former winner of everything, and, and also former winner of this event two, two years ago, um, value hunter. He's a value hunter. Austin's a value hunter. These guys, they're not going to let the value drop. So um, I always that, that's that's somewhat the trademark of the top players, isn't it? The top yes. money winners is, you know, you have your player takes. I know what I'm doing. I'll take who you give me a little bit. Yeah. And a little bit of like they trust. And Chad has said this before. They they especially because he doesn't start drafting until August. So he trusts kind of the whatever all, all the work everyone else has done and the ADP 
and the market, he trusts the, the, the market. And then it, listen, if you're going to let a guy fall six, seven spots to him, well, he's just going to take him because the market says maybe he should go a little bit higher. So, it, it, you know, all within like the, the building. Oh, shoot. I'm going to clock here. All within oh. the, of your team. Wait a minute. You'll need to start the right players, but like, um, you know, all this is this is best ball, but you're never gonna get this pick in a million years, in a million thousand years, thousand millions. I, I don't think we've talked about him once, Adam Thielen. There's a reason for that. <laughs> Listen, these older receivers when they move into the slot, Larry Fitzgerald, Heinz Ward, uh, who who's the other ones? You know, they they move into the slot. They extend their careers. They have a couple of uh, they have a couple of uh, great years at the at the end of their career. Come on, I'm thinking someone get someone remind me of who these older uh, oh, he's taken too. Wow, I'm not oh. tracking this draft in the way that I need to to th- sort of throw out names, and oh. I probably shouldn't do that anyway. But oh, I mean Hubbard came out fine at tight end, right? I'm not sure if he's correlated. But, yeah, you know, fine. fine. That was honestly my plan, and then. Pitts at tight end seven at the six seven turn. I thought I had an opportunity there to, if Pitts does well, hit, you know, he took two Falcons behind you. There, there, there you go. Yep, good point. So um, he was positioned to take any two of those three guys. I mean, he probably takes Ritter and then either London or Pitts. I think for sure. Oh, couple of guys. I can't believe I'm like toiling over these like late. These late rounds. Was it last night or Monday night that we drafted after this draft? It was the first Monday. Night. Monday. Oh, yeah. I fell asleep. I know. <laughs> you me, me too. Me too. You did. Me too. Yeah. Oh, double the bet. Like the last, like double the bet. Well, I. <laughs> yes. I, oh, I looked at the team again the next morning, like yesterday morning. I'm like, it's not so bad. I mean, I did wake back up. Three like, quarterbacks and three tight ends. What yeah. time is it? By the time we settle in, you're like four in the morning. Celebrate with a with a, with a best ball or celebrate with an underdog. I'm like, sure. All right, hold on, twenty minutes. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a second here. It wasn't twenty minutes. I'll be no. in there tonight too if you want. <laughs> let's wrap this up and go do that. Let, let, let's, let's Kendra do it. Miller, I like it. Kendra Miller, my very most owned underdog player Why? all summer. Why? Talk to me about Kendra Miller. Talk talk to the people. Look, I mean, who wants to load up on running backs early? You wait, and then you get who comes in those rounds like 8 or 9 through 13 or 14, and very often it was him. And it's interesting because there is not an easy stack there. I was taking Godwin a lot early in the draft season, but Kendra Miller always stood out to me. You had the Camara suspension suspicion. You had, oh, suspension. (laughs) You had, I mean, Jamal Williams, fine, but. Miller is sort of, he's got juice, and I ended up, I think I'm like at 37%, and then he got hurt. And so you stop drafting him, and he he drops, and then look at uh, the other night, he's on the field, makes a great catch. We talked about him yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we don't, I mean, just, diving catches down, down the sidelines, I mean, he's young. There, and there, there, is a, there is a fair chance that Kamara is shot. Yes. Suspension or not. That Miller is good. He's got to stay healthy. So does everybody. And Jamal Williams is the guy that every fantasy analyst for seven years has been predicting, which is like, he's he's just nobody. Coaches love him, but, you know, whatever. And the Saints, it's the team. It's not the team you want if you're sort of betting on this scenario because the Saints are like, they might get it backwards. But um there is a real path for him. If he's good, he's good. And maybe they don't care about the draft capital and that like Camara and Williams are just guys for them. And they brought Kareem Hunt in and they sent him off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like, I mean, listen, he's young. The other guys are, are, are old and he's going to have a, a pretty significant role. The first three, how, how many weeks is uh three Kamara out three out three easy weeks. schedule winning yeah. game scripts. Oh, RB52. I love that you drafted him. Good for RB52. you. Now just take. Can't say it out loud. I'll text you. That's right. That's right. You ready, ready to wrap this thing up, sir? Yes. Tomorrow night, night four out of four of the deep end invitational. I'm off all day tomorrow, so look out. Lock in. <laughs> Lock in. <laughs> Thanks for watching on the Player Profiler Network. 
at roto underscore underworld as well or on youtube like and subscribe we'd appreciate that you see that i tried to push bulldog into doing that yesterday and he couldn't figure it out i was hoping bulldog would be on the show tonight but maybe tomorrow but no i'm like mm. just just you know you're not doing anything click on it like subscribe turn it off right and so today on wgr he's like oh well i went i did that but then he doesn't have a youtube account oh my god so when he pushed like they're like who are you log in then he decided to turn it off we did not get the credit he's got nine online gambling accounts but he doesn't have a youtube account Come on. I, I i have six so uh <laughs> careful Every, anybody sorry everyone good luck thanks for being a part of it adam thank you good luck in the next five rounds thank you sir and uh oh should we first before we sign off should we get a word in from our sponsor i think we should absolutely let's get we're, we're gonna go double double sponsor words here wow double sponsor words and then we're signing off so thanks everyone have a wonderful night hey you know people always ask me what's the world series of fantasy what's the super bowl of fantasy and it's easy it's the ffpc their signature players championship has a six million dollar prize pool and their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember, use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.